0: Today on It's Time. The Bible says it's not by our works we're saved, it's what God has done for us. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time.
1: It's time. time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler. Pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Colossians. So, open your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike.
0: Well, your past has disqualified you. You The only thing that your past will do is paralyze you from going forward. His promises are new every morning. And either they are or they're not. And if they're not, we really shouldn't even be here this morning. If there's no hope, let's all go someplace else. But what God's Word says is true, His hope, His promises are new every morning. Hey, friends... Samson's hair grew again. His strength came back. We see David. In fact, we look in the Old Testament, which is replete with people who love God that failed and came back. And you know, failure is one of the main reasons today in my sharing with people why they don't accept Christ as their Savior. Because I might fail. Let me tell you, honey, you will. That's just the way it is. But that doesn't mean that God isn't bigger than our failure. And to me, that is why being dead in our trespasses will paralyze you unless you realize, well, let's read verse 14. Well, verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses made alive together with him, having forgiven you of all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This is why Jesus died. I like that. He took it all. He said, it is finished. It isn't, it's almost finished. It's finished. Why is that important? Because every day is new. Every day is new. You have hope. You know, I've shared this many times before, but many years ago when we were First starting as a church, they'd moved away, but he was a psychologist in town. And he came to me and he said, you know, Mike, this is amazing. I listened to your message. And I said, well, it's not mine, it's God's. And he said, but you know, if I could just get my clientele to believe what you say, 90% of my business would leave. Because their past paralyzes them. Why? It's called guilt. You know, we know what we've done. We're not like an animal that doesn't care. We know what we've done. But God forgives us. And see, that's the good news. It isn't that we earned it. You know what I got out there? I was capping shiny buttons, and I dotted all the I's, and I crossed all the T's, and now I'm cruising. No, it isn't any merit that we do. It's what God did for us, having nailed it to the cross. Verse 15, having disarmed having disarmed the principalities and powers. And by the way, friends, you got a real enemy called the devil. These little demons. It's real. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't necessarily believe that there's a... Let me tell you, there's a devil. And he knows how to trip you up, how to mess you up. I, I have found that the devil will use religion as much as he'll use any vice in the world to trip people up thinking that something I do makes me good, or something that I don't do makes me good. The only thing, friends, that makes any of us good is Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isn't that great to know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? God, the Bible says, has chosen not to dwell in buildings. Hey, God, pretty good house you got here. Yeah, come back and see you next Sunday, see how you did. No, he said, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has chosen to live in you. Isn't that weird? Something so intricate, something that man cannot replicate, is where God chooses to dwell. Oh, man can make buildings and try to put God in a box. David was going to do that. What building are a going to build for him, Nathan said? Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What building are you going to build for me, David? But God has chosen to live in us. And I'll tell you, that's a pretty neat thing. That tells me the power of God is in you. That tells me that a psychobabble doesn't affect me anymore because it's God's Holy Spirit in us that changes us. That's what's so important. So having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Nailing him to the cross. Therefore, now whenever you find therefore in the Bible, find out what it's therefore. I know it's corny, but it's true. Let no one judge you in food or in drink, regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Yet, you'll have people, we had a guy call us on the, on, uh, to every man and answer on Friday, basically saying, well, uh, in the, during the tribulation period, the Antichrist is going to change times and dates and all those things. Well, he already has, because the Sabbath was moved to Sunday. I go, no! And I quoted to him this verse let no one judge. See, what they want to say is they're more spiritual than you are because they worship on Saturday or Tuesday or Wednesday. No, your spirituality comes from God. Isn't that great to know? I don't have to earn it. (laughs) Hey, God, I'm worshiping on Saturday. Put a smiley face on me. No, God just says, I put a smiley face on you because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. Always remember that, friends. I asked somebody one time, I said, do you? I go to heaven because I worship or, uh, on Saturday or Sunday or because Jesus died on the cross? And he said, well, because Jesus died on the cross. And I said, then what purpose is your gig? What's your thing? How come you're telling everybody that, oh, worshiping on Sunday is the mark of the beast? Crazy stuff. We all need to make good defense for our faith. All of us that isn't just for a a Bible answer man show. That's for all of us. Why do you believe what you believe? And can you prove what you believe? Mark this verse in your Bible. Don't let anybody judge you on new moons or Sabbath or festivals. Why? Because Jesus is the reason we are what we are, not the day or the time in which we, day we worship on. Verse 17, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is Christ. Jesus is walking through a field this time of the year. And as he's walking through a field, him and his disciples start crunching up wheat and popping the kernels in their mouth. And the Pharisees came along and they go, whoa, you're working on the Sabbath, which is forbidden. Jesus, you're a lawbreaker. And Jesus looked at him and said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. Wow. In other words, our Sabbath rest is found in him. Now, I want to say this. I believe every person. So you can tell this to your wife when you're laying there and the lawn's a little high. I believe every Christian should take a day off a week. Why? To enjoy what God's given you not as a legal requirement, but as a blessing in how God will take care of you as you do that. Now see, everybody comes to church and you got to get out there and work harder and do this. I'm saying, take a day off. I remember one year I took the whole summer off and built my house. Same house I lived in when I was 26. And um, I remember I went to my dad and I I said, Pa, I said, I feel bad because I I kind of am am kind kind of just going boating every day. And he says, look, you worked hard for the last couple of years building your house. Take the summer off. And I thought, thanks, Dad. I needed that. Every once in a while, we need somebody to come along and say, take a day off. Like once a week. Enjoy what God's given you. That means if you got to go out and turn the lawn on or you have to mow your lawn, don't beat yourself up over it, but take a day off a week and enjoy what God's given you. Not because it makes you spiritual, but because it makes you thankful. If all we ever do is work, 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 work. You know what's interesting? Speaking of psychology, going back to the first part of our message today, The Bible is the best book ever written on the psyche of man. Throw out Jung, throw out Freud. Hey, the Bible's what you need. God says six days you shall work and on the seventh you rest. I I think it's kind of interesting because I know people that won't work any day of the week. Tells me either we're lazy or we're workaholics. There should be a day a week we just enjoy what God's given us. You know, it's the old stop and smell the roses kind of thing. Well, God wants you to do that. But Mike, if I, if I do that, I'll get behind on my payments and everything. Well, then get behind on your payments. Let God straighten that out. Because if all we're doing is working ourselves into a hole, we're not enjoying the blessings that God's blessed us with. We miss life. Is it possible to do that? I don't know how many people have noticed this. The older you get the faster time goes. Have you noticed that? I mean, it's scary how fast we'll be back in this room somewhere in the next couple of hours. No, it's a week later, but it seems that way. When you're a kid, remember your parents would call you to a timeout, stand you in the corner, and it seemed like 2,000 years. Five minutes in the corner. Man, that Why? Because you hadn't lived very long, so five minutes of your short five-year life, five-year-old life... Is a long time but five minutes when you're 55 years old now all of a sudden is just a second and so it gets as it gets faster somebody said this they said if you're recollecting you ever recollect you know what that means well i painted my house two years ago they said if you're over 50 double it you'll be closer to the exact number you didn't paint your house two years ago you painted your house four years ago See, we lose track of time as we get older because in the amount of time we live relevant to what, to what we are living right now. We, 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 we get into a weird thing. That's why I believe in the Bible when we look, it says your life is but a vapor. It's here for a short time and then it's gone. What manner of people then should we be? Well, I think that's important. All of these were a shadow of what Jesus was going to come and do for us that in Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament law requirements. Verse 18, which goes along with what we're reading, but it also falls in now freedom from false worship. Let no one defraud you or literally judge you of your reward. Taking delight in false humility... And worship of angels, intruding into those things which have not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by the joints and the ligaments, grows with the increase which is from God. He's saying Jesus is the head. Stay connected. You get separated from God. You can leave yourself open to all kinds of crazy things. Therefore, I always like therefores in the Bible. Summary, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, worship on Saturday, all, all these different things is what he's saying. If, if you really have found, been found in Christ, don't be manipulated by man's rules. Now, some of these things, as we read in the previous few verses, were basic religious requirements of the Old Testament. Now he's getting into man's rules. Think about the cults that you've seen. Remember the guy that had all of his followers kill himself because behind Hale-Bopp comet there was a star, and they were all going to kill themselves and jump on board down in San Diego? Crazy stuff. Think about uh, Charles Manson. He's still around. But his ideas influence so many people. We need to, again, arm ourselves with the word of God. Therefore, if you died with Christ, from the basic principles of the world, again, be careful of allowing yourselves to fall into their rules. You see, that's how the cults work. Well, you're not really saved unless you join our church. You're not really saved unless you recite our mantras. You're not really saved unless you jump through the hoops that we hold up. No. Which all concern things which perish. With the using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. These things, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom. In self-imposed religion, false humility, neglect of the body, but are all no value against the indulgence of the flesh. The Bible says, it's not by our works we're saved, it's what God has done for us. It says, notice, it says these things. Self-imposed religion false humility. It looks good, but there's something wrong with it. Why? Because then we go around going, hey, God, look what I've done. I'm so good. God goes, no, you're not. The only goodness we have, friends, is what God has placed in us. And that invisible Holy Spirit, the day we accept Christ as our Savior, he puts inside of us as kind of an internal guidance system. He does that so we know where we're at, where we've been, where we're going. And again, realizing that your past can no longer hurt you. This morning, I want to invite you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you need Jesus. Why? Because if you don't have Jesus, you will invent your own way of showing the world, or someday on that judgment day, God, that you weren't such a bad person after all. But the Bible says all of our righteousness is filthy rags. The only righteousness that comes, comes from God. One sin will separate us from God forever. You say, well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, we do the same thing. How many murders do you have to commit to be a murderer? One. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. How many sins do you have to commit to miss God's excellent standard one remember guy came to jesus the rich young ruler i think it's funny because we don't know what his name was i I suppose had he done what jesus said we'd know what his name was and and he would be a like like a light or a beacon of, of what we need to do but we don't know who he is and he came to jesus and said, good master what must i do to inherit eternal life and jesus said you know the word the law. He says, all these, this kid says, all these I have done since I was young. By the way, he says he was rich, young ruler. He was rich, had all the money. He was a ruler, so he was in control. A lot of control freaks really like that. And uh, rich, young ruler. He was also young. So he had his youth, he had money, and he had power. And he came to Jesus because he knew something was still lacking. And Jesus, he said, you know the law? And he says, I've done these all since I was young. And Jesus turns to this rich young ruler, and he says, one thing you lack. Now, I would be so glad if God would look at me and say, one thing you lack. I like God, so there's about five billion things you lack. But God said to him, one thing you lack. Sell what you have, give the money to the poor, come and follow me. The Bible says he went away sad. And Jesus said, how hard is it for the rich to go into heaven? It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Why is that? Because people put their trust in the wrong things. I've used this illustration a lot of times when we first get saved. Most of us are pretty bankrupt because we've wasted all our money doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Have an old broke down washing machine. Oh God, let it do one more load. Oh, thank you, God. And we take our clothes out and we put them over in the dryer. Oh, the car, you know, you know. God, let it start one more time. Please, let it start one more time. You know, because we spent all the money on booze and drugs, you know, so we didn't have any money. Hey, oh, God, let it start one more time. Oh, thank you, God. But when we start walking with the Lord, God gets control of our crazy appetites, and we're not wasting our money anymore, and so we, we notice we have money. So I buy a new washing machine. I buy a new car. I never go out there and pray, oh, God, please let it start. I know it's going to start. I just paid money for it. So I don't pray about my car anymore. I don't pray about the washing machine anymore either. I got a new one. In fact, I bought the things that I used to pray about. Now I don't even pray at all because money solved a lot of my problems. Well, that's why I think Jesus said that. And Jesus said, how hard is it? The Bible says this young, rich, young ruler went away very sad because he was very wealthy. Probably his wealth was probably partly tied into his, his, his uh, uh, ruling position. And so he would realize that he would lose several things. But he would be famous in God if he'd done that. Well, what holds us back? think what we think sometimes. Well, I just want to encourage you this morning. If you've never accepted Christ as your savior and you don't want another 15 years, 10 years, like you just had, I would invite you to pray and ask God who made everything, made you to come inside of you and say, okay, God, make my life mean something here and in eternity as well. The Bible says it's repentance. We stop doing it our way and we start doing it God's way. If you need to pray, let's pray. Let's see what God will do. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I ask you to make me the very best I can be for you. I repent of trying to define life my way. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And so from this day forward, I want to be about your business. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Open my eyes to your presence around me. Wrap me in your righteousness. And thank you, God, I'm complete in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. It begins with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. Good place to read in the Bible. We talked about it this morning, the book of John. John chapter 3, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 3. And just read about this religious guy. He comes to Jesus by night. Why he came by night, I don't know. Maybe he couldn't sleep. Maybe he was afraid what everybody would say if he saw him coming to Jesus. Maybe it's 5 o'clock, that's when he got off work. I don't know. But whatever reason it was, he came to Jesus by night, and the Bible states that and starts asking Jesus about eternity. We need to have answers, friends, for our life. If you prayed and asked Christ in your life, you're as saved as you will ever be. There is nothing that you do to add to your righteousness. Now, somebody said, well, what about baptism? Baptism is a sign of obedience. But that doesn't make you saved. What makes you saved is your faith in Christ. God wrapping his robe of righteousness around you. That's what makes you righteous. It's not because I worship on Saturday, don't eat pork, wear blue, any of the other things. It's because our righteousness is in him. So you're holy. Live like it. Be like it. Recognize God's presence in your life. And he'll show you that. So I want to just encourage you. Walk with the Lord. Let Him bless you. Put yourself in the place where He can, He will. He doesn't have favorites. What He's done for others, He'll do for you. And always remember, He's the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. Father, this morning, for each person that has recognized their need for you, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would come alive in them. And, Father, that we would walk as we are children of yours. Not righteous by what we do, but what you did for us. And we're found in you. So help us walk in your light each day. Cause the things of this world to grow strangely dim. And help our lives be that of making an impact in this world and a reward with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.